Welcome back, Bills fans. It's episode 11, week 5. Buffalo Bills, lovers, everywhere united. It's the Blue Mafia. We began this effort five, six, seven years ago on uh, Blogger, Red, White, Blue, Blue Cheese, and that developed into the Blue Mafia. So welcome back. If it's your first time, thank you for listening. If you're coming back, thanks for coming back. We got a big week here. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills as they head out to Kansas City to a full raucous crowd. We're going to go over what the Bills need to do to win there. And in the second half of the episode, as always, we're going to do the implications of the top five quarterback matchups of the week. Give me one clap. Let's do it. So the Chiefs, here we are. Chiefs have not been sub-500 since, I believe, the Alex Smith era. Uh, I was looking at some old film this week. can remember the Bills taking down Alex Smith and the Chiefs a few years back on a Trey White takeaway Trey game ender. Also can remember a beautiful ball by the one and only J.P. Lossman. Two weeks in a row, I wore the J.P. Lossman jersey. This week, I am wearing the Houston Gamblers Jim Kelly jersey official. Stitched. So, Lossman, quickly, quick aside for Bills fans here. J.P. Lossman did not get a lot of love. Two-minute drill. J.P. Lossman was a Cali boy. J.P. Lossman came to the Bills just a few years after another Kelly boy named Rob Johnson. Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson was probably one of the biggest quarterback controversies controversies of all time. Lossman would eventually be threatened by the presence of Trent Edwards. A lot of Bills fans then would somehow fall in love with the check down Trent approach. We had such good running backs. Lossman was never really loved in Buffalo, but go back and look at some of the films. Some of the balls he used to throw were unbelievable. I put one on Twitter. Uh, he had a two-minute drill in 2006 with 22 seconds on the clock after David Garrard had taken the Jaguars down the field at Ralph Wilson. JP had a very, very Aaron Rodgers-like throw down the sideline to Roscoe Parrish, and it reminded me of a theory I've had for years, and I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but I've grown to like him over the years, and I like the way that he's evolved into an old wily vet. And it's sort of sad to think about JP Lossman coming out one year ahead of Aaron Rodgers, you start to think about what if J.P. Lossman ended up in Green Bay behind Brett Favre in that system with that tutelage. You just wonder, you know, guy like me anyway, I wonder. A lot of people are probably out there like J.P. Lossman fucking suck. But I saw a lot of passes that only J.P. Lossman could make. And if you go back and look at Aaron Rodgers as a rookie you know, he's holding the ball up here. His release looks different. 
you just wonder some of these natural Cali boys. I see a lot of JP Lossman and Aaron Rodgers, and that's my uh, that's my final thing on that. So go back and check out the old film, kiddos out there. JP was a baller. But we're going out with a different type of quarterback this week. As we know, the general Josh Allen has gotten back on the horse after somewhat of a quiet week one. A lot of people writing off the first loss, as we know. But I've got a few things here. Uh, you can go back and check out the Hump Day Checkdown and, and read some of the more detailed things here. But a couple of my notes on what the Bills are going to need to do. Um, obviously, as we know, it's not easy to stop the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, a couple of little things that the Bills could do better. Third down. In uh, a combined effort, I want to say the, the Chiefs were somewhere around 65% in both games, and the Bills were somewhere around like 38, 37% on third down in uh, the combination of both games. And both games took a very similar kind of tone where there was game one involved a lot of uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which dominated the game, and that was very early in the no fans in the stands era if you remember and game two obviously we know we don't need to go back but little bit of uh complacency in the first half um led to some field goals and obviously we weren't able to get stops a couple of big long drives by the chiefs but beyond third down what are the Bills wide receivers going to do against a physical Chiefs team? Last year, there's footage, uh, multiple kind of physical altercations, Stephon Diggs getting tossed around. The Bills were a little bit banged up. I uh, saw on Twitter this morning, there was a piece, um, and it was talking about the, you know, the upcoming game, but uh, I want to make sure that I get whoever posted this because they deserve credit but um i sort of forgot that last year we had banged up receivers here we go ryan talbot buffalo's pass catcher should be also able to make more plays even if the chiefs are physical stefan diggs torn oblique cole beasley broken fibula gabe davis banged up ankle we're all banged up last year so what is the difference going to be there and what can Emmanuel Sanders bring to the table obviously he's been looking really really good um hopefully he can last 17 games but what difference is he going to make because the Chiefs are a little bit thin they know that their defense is not good so they're well you know statistically not good so few injuries um but you got to think that they're going to try and do some creative things. So I'm sure that's going to open up some one-on-ones for guys like Emmanuel, guys like possibly even um, Diggs, obviously, underneath. But Kumaro could see a Kumaro sighting. Um, keep your eye out for him on some some sneaky stuff. But Gabe Davis has been quiet all year, all year long, and you got to think that they're somewhat saving him and also getting Gabriel Davis, I'm sorry, getting Emmanuel Sanders a little bit more involved so he could get into the swing. But you got to think uh, Gabe Davis has himself a week this week because we're going to get a lot of one-on-ones. And got to be better on third, 
Josh Allen, as we know, very up and down sometimes, but he's got to be better percentage-wise. Uh, 51%, 58% in the two games last year, but he's got to be better. He's got healthier receivers, but he's just got to be a little bit more efficient, be a little bit more safe. It's not even necessarily the matter of uh, not making plays because you want him to go out and make plays, but it's a matter of executing and having that feel for the game where we don't need to be out of control trying to catch up in order to play that way. He needs to establish that presence atop the general's horse where he doesn't only need to get off the horse and get down and kill all of his opponents because his team is down. He can actually just ride one out and let his defense dictate the ball game, let his running backs dictate the ball game, let his front linemen dictate the ball game and just let himself have a day watch watch what you've created josh watch the culture that the coaches and brandon bean and have a little faith have a little faith josh we don't need the gambler the gambler the the backbiter we just need the stoic general so hopefully that's what we get stay tuned tomorrow uh obviously later game but we will be doing the pregame dump where I break down my final thoughts leading into kickoff and give you my final prediction. So it's obviously a good one this week. We'll see you on the other side here of the break. If you want to stick around, I'm going to do the NFL top five quarterback matchups. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Go Bills. All right, y'all, we're back with the NFL implications. Well, we're going to break down the top five quarterback matchups. You got five games around the NFL with big implications. You got me? We're going to move our hands around like this, like they do on ESPN, because this is what you got to do. So let's do it. First one, Packers, Bengals. Rodgers has got to come out to the East Coast and take on Joey Bags Burroughs, who's got a lot of talent on the outside. T. Higgins returning. Last couple times, the Bengals have taken the Packers, surprisingly, but that one is going to be interesting because Bengals fans are really feeling good about themselves right now, but can they take down the master Wiley veteran and Aaron Rodgers? Secondly, we have Browns Chargers. This is probably... Um, the biggest test in terms of defense that Justin Herbert has faced thus far. On the other side, Baker Mayfield is fighting through a left labrum, and it's interesting because I was just saying how he does not look good this year to my buddies, and he as I've said here on the pod, seems to play with a reckless abandon, but then when they are up, he loses a little steam, and they don't seem to use him very much. But then last week, he's throwing bombs at the end of the game, even though they needed to close it out. Finding out that he's got a torn labrum makes a little bit more sense as to why he's playing the way he is. But Justin Herbert is on fire, and he's got 
several good games lined up. He's already being crowned in the top five, top ten, whatever top you want to name. The guys on ESPN are saying, you know, he's he's the real deal. So he must be right. You heard it here first. Draft him in uh, the money league. But I might be sitting him this week. Why would I sit Justin Herbert this week? Well, in number three, we've got the number three implicative QB matchup of the week, week five, which is Danny Dimes and the Giants taking on Dak and the Cowboys. We know Dak is the real deal. Everyone knows that they're going to put up numbers, and they seem to find themselves almost every week in my implications. But they're exciting, and they toss the skin around. Despite having two great backs, the Cowboys always seem to light it up the scoreboard with a lot of passing. And on the other side, Saquon Barkley is starting to look himself, starting to feel like himself. Danny Dimes, though he looks like an action figure, and Bill Simmons said that he will probably be in a studio in the next two years. Danny Dimes picked him up in fantasy. Picked up Kadarius Tony, which if you go back to the rookie preview show here on Blue Mafia, you might even need to go over to Try and Times to see the rookie preview. It was so early. But Kadarius Tony, I had said back then, look it up, receipts, said that he was going to be like Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's just like a little flag football player, real, real crazy. Cheetah part two. So that's number three, Giants-Cowboys. And then we have... Uh, the 49ers with Trey D1AA Lance versus Kyler, the circus freak Murray. This one just looks fun. Uh, the NFC West, as everybody knows, is probably the top division. Russell Wilson falling to a wonky finger on Thursday night to the Rams kind of changes perspective in that division. So what what do we got from Trey Lance? Let's see it. I'm interested because I'm sort of skeptical, but every time I see some footage of him, he looks the part. Some guys look the part, and then when, it time, when it's time for the curtain to rise, they pee on their cleats. Will he pee on his cleats, or will he lead his men into the shadow of death? And then obviously on the other side, a guy that clearly has absolutely no fear is Kyler Murray who probably has made a dream come true for every short guy who ever wanted to play quarterback. And shout out Doug Flutie there because Flutes, Kyler, very similar, very uh, crazy, but we're seeing Kyler in the prime of his athleticism. You can go back and find some footage in the CFL and some weird little highlights of Doug Flutie, but way ahead of his time. Kyler Murray 1.0. And then fifth, we got to do it. We don't usually put the Bills in the top five quarterback implications, but this week we got a Mahomes-Mental matchup between Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. His mother doesn't like when people call him Pat. The Chiefs fans apparently didn't like when Josh Allen tossed the skin in their defensive lineman's face. I have a feeling this one's going to get a little bit chippy, a little bit ugly. And with the way that Josh Allen threw uh, defensive uh, linebackers skull into the turf last week, I, much as I enjoyed seeing it, it makes me a little bit nervous how that 
that unwritten rule of respect that I've talked about here on the podcast of do guys take you out when they have an opportunity or do they not? And when I see Josh doing something like that, it makes me nervous because then, you know, what do other 31 other teams, well, 30 other teams around the league defense, what do they think of that? So what will the Chiefs do? And what will the new-look Bills pass rush do against the Chiefs? Save this from the first segment, but I'm very, very excited to see how the Jolly Green Giant, Greg Russo, A.J. Epinesa, Mario Addison, Starla Tule, Justin Zimmer, I'm very excited to see the level of intensity that they can bring to getting to the passer and not only getting to Patrick Mahomes, but understanding that he's going to try to extend the play. Uh, keep an eye out for Mahomes just doing his little duck run over to the sideline uh, on third and longs when, if and when he's got a spot to run. We will probably have to keep a spy on him, but good luck running away from Greg Russo. I have him having a breakout game. Big prediction here, Greg Russo fucks up Patrick Mahomes' night in Kansas City. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to subscribe. Save on YouTube. Save wherever you listen to pods because we're here every week, baby. Blue Mafia, we'll see ya. Go Bills.